1: Welcome back to Force Perspectives for the Mandalorian Season 3 episode, Chapter 20, The Foundling. I am not your host, Michael Cohen, but I imagine that I do probably sound a little bit familiar. I am, of course, the not-even-remotely-illustrious Joe Hogan. Unfortunately, Mike Cohen is not going to be joining us this week. He's a little bit under the weather. He lost his voice so I am taking this opportunity to finally get a word in edgewise, uh, but fear not, Mike will be back next week, but this time, I got you, I got your back, guys. I, I, I wasn't going to do this without an amazing co-host. I found the one, the only, Jazz Kopachek Rathor. Jazz, how are Woo! you doing, man? How are you, how are you? Dude, I'm so
0: good today <laughs> for so many reasons, but I think, you know, the number one reason, right?
1: Yes. We I, have I,
0: to talk about this episode. We, I, oh, there's so much to be said.
1: I have an inkling. Uh, real quick, before we get started, I love telling this story, the story of how you and I met Jazz. Uh, <laughs> Jazz is a dear friend, and he is actually the very first Star Wars family friend that I have ever made. My Our Star Wars family is enormous at this point
0: and yeah it's, um, it's huge man
1: and jazz was star Wars celebration five your first one also my that was my it? that was my first
0: one um i basically just decided to go on a whim i hadn't actually planned it out i left so that i basically arrived the night before celebration started and i left the morning after so it was like literally went all the way to florida just for that
1: that's um, and it was
0: like, you know, it's like one of those experiences that opens your minds and, and, you know, makes you realize what's out there.
1: And what people don't know, well, I imagine most people don't know, is that you are from Norway. So oh, yeah. that was a trip for you, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I was like, you know.
0: As you do, sometimes you got to go across the pond either to go to celebration or to watch a movie in New York or you know whatever, (laughs) you know on a whim. All of these things do happen to some
1: people. People, yeah. So I mean, I imagine then that the uh, the flight from Newark to Orlando was had to have been the last leg of your trip because I was absolutely yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, uh, my other very good friend, I mean really best friend, Joe Sbarra and I. left here from new york we flew out of newark to orlando and uh it was just the one flight and i sit down uh next to the window and uh my friend joe is sitting in the middle seat and there's a little old lady who has the aisle seat (laughs) and i'm sitting there minding my own business i'm sitting there (laughs) reading a clone wars novel i'm pretty sure it was gambit if i remember i think it was gambit yeah exactly yeah um just sitting there waiting for takeoff. I'm kind of a nervous flyer, so I'm trying to take my mind off of things. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear, "You're going to the nerd convention too." <laughs> and I look up, and I just see this tall, <laughs> just scary-looking dude. He's got his <laughs> tattoos all over his arms. And he's got he's got these bed sheets and a button-down. Like his Star Wars bed sheets <laughs> turned into a button-down shirt. And I'm just, I'm just like yeah, Star Wars celebrity. He's like, oh, cool. So we start talking a little bit about Star Wars and everything. And the little old lady who is between us says, do you boys want to sit next to each other? Because she's like, I do not want to deal with this for two and a half hours. And Jazz is like, sure. And he just puts his bag in the overhead. And Joe um, turns the to me.
0: fear in your eyes. Oh, like, oh my God. What's dude. happening now?
1: <laughs> Joe turned to me. With the biggest saucer <laughs> eyes ever. Like, what did we just get into? By the end of that flight, dude, we were best friends.
0: Right? And, we were, yeah, we were dude, family. It was, like, it, it was like, you know, chance encounter and just like meet the best people you could ever met, meet in the world. It was, it was amazing. And it's like shows once again. Star Wars just brings people together.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... You know, it's I, I think Sabera actually was the one that said Star Wars celebration always ends up feeling like a, a family reunion with people you've never met before. Yep, exactly. It's I think that's the perfect description and and real I mean, our Star Wars family has gotten so big since then, but you were the first, my friend.
0: Dude, it's gotten so big lately that, you know, sometimes you look at the the family photos from celebration and you're like Uh, who's that guy? Yeah, right. Uh,
1: Who's this again? (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Whatever. It's great. But then someone always like, oh, yeah, well, that's the guy that we shared a cab with that night. And then we ended up going to the bash and like X, Y, Z. Dude, I I am so excited. I mean, I know we're talking about Mandalorian today, but I am so excited that you and I are both going to Celebration Europe in two weeks.
0: I'm so excited that you are going to be coming to Europe for your Uh, first time, dude.
1: Baby's like, first Euro trip.
0: It's like so, so much fun. It's going to be so fun.
1: Yeah. And I am I am excited to see how our family is going to expand this time. Because someone's always bringing someone new. And Come then immediately it's like, oh. it's I, I don't understand how, you know, it, it has to be the will of the force. How we always get together. And someone will bring someone in, like, from their own circles into our circles. And immediately everybody meshes just like perfectly. And it's like
0: unreal. Like, you know, back in 2010, going to Celebration 5, I went there all on my own, not knowing anybody, not knowing who I was going to hang out with. I was just like, oh, well, it's a Star Wars thing. I'll go and I'll see. And maybe I'll hang out with somebody. And boom. And then, of course, it was like, you know, really, you know, kind of fortuitous because you did, you know, your thing outside the artist alley where you wanted to show your portfolio. So you were stuck there pretty much that whole right. day, and so me and uh, Cerbera we just like you know cruised around, went to a couple panels, dropped by you every now and then, brought you some water and food and whatever, and yeah, it's it's been an adventure ever since.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm excited, man. Well, I am very excited to see what in terms of uh, you know, if anything Mandalorian is shown there because i uh, i think we'll be on the what sixth episode that week right
0: yeah um, yeah
1: so i'm excited if we're going to see anything mandalorian then i'm excited if we're going to see ahsoka but in the meanwhile right now there's something that we did watch today <laughs> chapter 20 the fouling jazz i'm going to let you take it away man listen this is if if this is your first time listening to force perspectives uh, this is a spoiler-heavy show. We're going to get into it. So if you have not watched this episode, we recommend you go watch it first and then come back here and uh, just giggle with, with our giddiness with, while we just splurge and, and and flip out right now. Jazz, what did you think of this episode? What was what was your highlight? I think I know the answer, but what was your highlight? The highlight, highlight is man?
0: pretty freaking obvious. It's like, you know, Ahmed <laughs> Best. I mean, Ahmed oh. Best back in Star Wars. Oh. And it just blew my mind. You know, like when those doors opened and he's like, Don't worry, I got you, kid. I was like, oh my dude, I freaked out. I was watching it with my friend <laughs> Anne. And I almost fell off the couch. And she was just like pointing with her eyes just wide open. It was like this this moment of revelation. Strangely enough, I actually knew he was going to be in this season because um I heard it from a source i'm not gonna actually name like months and months ago wow. but i didn't know in what kind of iteration he was going to be i didn't know wow. if he was going to be the character that he was in that kids show i didn't know if he was going to be jar jar somehow showing up i didn't know if he was going to be another mando or whatever and i for some reason never thought that he was just going to be like some some jedi and the fact that he's a jedi that
1: saves grogu from the oh. temple is like oh, oh vindication Dude, dude i that's so, cool. so, so to to kind of piggyback off of what you mentioned uh ahmed best is the host of a i believe youtube exclusive show uh basically kind of a quiz show for kids yeah. on their star wars knowledge it's called jedi temple challenge and on that show he does play jedi master kellerin beck oh so it is
0: the same it is it, the same character- it is
1: it is the same character. I believe on the show he has his head completely shaved, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, I've never actually
0: watched the show. I, I really should watch the show.
1: I, I watched it once or twice and I recognized the name Kelleran. So uh, when they were saying, knew- get him to Kelleran, get him, I was like, no way. There's no way. There is <laughs> no way that's where their show is going right now. I, I refuse to believe it. And then sure enough, the doors open. He had this regal looking because his his outfit was like you've got like those really amazing
0: details on his tabards and everything right almost look like how i envision the jedis and the high republic
1: it's exactly yeah that's i think that's exactly what it was kind of a throwback to yeah um and what's interesting that you might appreciate jazz is i think his character in attack of the clone's name was Ahmed beck yeah and I and think the be name. cousins or something. Yeah, I think yeah. they're related, right? Yep. So you did
0: actually read that bit of trivia like back in whenever the, the game show came out. But like I said, I never actually watched the game show.
1: And now it's canon. His appearance <laughs> as this Jedi is canon. And like you said, <laughs> dude, so cool. if if any I was thinking to myself, oh maybe it's gonna be like, you know. Not Gunji because we already you know no spoilers for anything else, but Gunji has been floating around in new canon a little bit. Um, but I was expecting maybe Petro or Biff, right? The, right? Yeah, one of know, the other um possibly Shock T because she kind of has a Jedi Temple canon death, but we haven't actually seen it yet.
0: Well, yeah, um, exactly. She's got technically three deaths, which none right. which are fully canon, right? Whatever.
1: So, I was thinking, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is, we're going to see Shock T. But <laughs> let me tell you something. If you asked me in Mando, when Mando season one was uh, first starting, if I would be excited to see Ahmed best in the show, the answer would be no. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> it's not that I dislike him or dislike Jar Jar, but like the fact that, you know, I think this story came out since then that, you know, this is kind of a serious topic that yeah. Ahmed best, uh, faced so much scrutiny and unfair criticism and really hate, right? Like internet trolling and, and even into his face from the, a very dark part of the fandom, but it was such an overwhelming thing that it came to a point that he actually walked across, you know, halfway across the Brooklyn bridge and, and was seriously, had had the intention to end his life. Mm -hmm. Um, And And, to think... That
0: is like, you know, people don't understand, I don't think. You know, when they hide behind anonymous, you know, nicknames on the net, and they troll, and they, you know, spew up all this vitriol, that it actually affects
1: real human beings out there. Right. They're people, they're not just, they're characters, they're actual human beings. Yeah. They're people. Um, And to... You know, I'm not saying that I'm happy he didn't do it because we got this, but there's something that's so, like, inspiring that this man was so beaten down. And really, he did an amazing job with Mm -hmm. the character that he was hired to do. Like, love or hate Jar Jar, we only have Jar Jar love here on this show.
0: but Absolutely. Um, No matter matter what, like, you know, he was told... Who he was supposed to play, he was directed in such and such a way, and he did an amazing job. He did an absolutely spot-on job.
1: And and the character was just, like, spearheading that technology for the time.
0: Yeah, if it hadn't been for Jar Jar Binks, there's a lot of the movies that we have today that we wouldn't actually have today.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So to think that, you know, we almost lost Ahmed, and now he is the savior of what I would argue is maybe the most beloved Star Wars character of the last decade yep. to have come about and is now a crucial pivotal part of that of that character's story and background and the outpouring of love that I'm seeing online for for Ahmed and his portrayal of this character. I hope he feels vindicated. I yeah, hope he I feels think-
0: I remember, like you know, back at Celebration Chicago back in two thousand and nine, where he was on for the um, uh, Phantom Menace panel, mm-hmm. and the the standing ovation that he got when he came on stage, and it just mm-hmm. went on and on and on. And he saw him light up. I think he was really, really nervous before he actually came out on stage. But I oh, think, man. like that smile that he like showed, I hope that that's the smile that's on his face today. Because he yeah. did such a buy-up job, and suddenly he realizes, okay, there might have been people back in '99 who were like, you know, thirty-year-old trolls that were just hating on him. But all of the kids that love Jar Jar back in '99, including yours truly, um, they <laughs>
1: yeah, you're a veteran. I love Jar Jar. I'm, I'm looking. I'm Die hard looking Jar-Jar at Jar-Jar.
0: several Jar Jar figurines in my apartment right now. <laughs> um, and you know, we all love him. And you know, not, I I hope that he actually feels and knows that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, I I definitely think he's uh, he's getting the message across today by the by the look of it. And you know, it's cool that stuff like this and stuff like Kenobi did the same kind of thing for Hayden and Ewan because mm-hmm. Hayden and Ewan, yeah. like you know, back in the day, they got so much crap for the prequels that. You know, now the, the people who grew up loving the prequels, who the prequels were really essentially for, have this deep appreciation and love for those characters and those actors portrayal of those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's sad that it took so long for them to feel that love and appreciation because of, you know, the very vocal minority of fans who just, you know their dislike of certain things just did all of the driving. Like it was, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: like looking at, at celebration London coming up now in a couple of weeks and I look at all the different groups on Facebook and stuff like that. And the number of people that are thrilled and so excited about, you know, having a photo up with you and, or having an autograph from Hayden Christensen and stuff like that, you know, it obviously shows that people love these guys. absolutely Absolutely love them i don't know personally like i've never been like either an autograph collector or one of those people that pays to have a picture you know with a celebrity but with hayden i did both of those things and those are up on my wall and i look at them every day when i have breakfast and it just like gives me so much joy and pleasure um and i've never done that with like carrie or mark or harrison well harrison probably wouldn't do that but anyway you know any of the ot guys but with hayden that was like a crucial part of my celebration experience in
1: 2017 have you ever gotten that with uh ahmed best has he ever done them for
0: celebration i feel like he has a a never celebration i know a couple of people that have met him and done like photo ops with him but he's never been for a celebration one so at least not to my knowledge
1: I feel like Jason and Carl from Wampa's Lair might. Yeah, no, That's what yeah. I thought
0: as well. But I wonder if that may, might have been in another con. I'm not quite sure. I'll have to check that. Okay.
1: Interesting. Well, okay. So we, we gushed about the fact that Ahmed is back and he's amazing. And and can I just point out one other thing, though? About yeah, please, please. The last do. thing
0: that we see of them is that they go off together. Ahmed Best or um, Kelleran is still alive. Yeah, I mean, story to be told with him. The, the,
1: what I definitely want to get into next is the actual scene itself. Jazz, what did you think of the actual scene? Like, what, what did it do for you? Other than like, holy crap, Ahmed Best is back. What did you actually think about the sequence of, you know, once Grogu gets to, uh, Master Keller and Beck, and Um, and then it just, we just launch into the sequence. What were your feelings about it?
0: I, I think one of the things that really struck me, like, most was the fact that keller and beck uses two lightsabers i've been (laughs) wanting to see that in star wars for such a long time i mean we Mm -hmm. saw it a little bit in episode two where um, hayden gets ewan's uh, lightsaber and he fights them for a couple of minutes and then he just carries on with one but the fact that he does this whole sequence with two lightsabers one blue one green he's like deflect oh and when he force pushed that one clone over the edge oh my <laughs> god i just lost it that was like so cool um, yeah it, can, I, it, can i just give a shout out for the clones like both both the clones that he like fights against up on that balcony and also the ones that like chase after him i mean the, specifically the fact that we've got um a shock trooper and i've got a special place in my heart for shock uh, troopers, so that like was like quite exciting and was like oh look it's you it's you it's like and I was like, yes. And I'm like fighting against the good guy. That's not really. Bad,
1: is it? <laughs> against Ahmed Best. <laughs> right. Just like... You've become everything you've ever hated, Jazz.
0: And then so... the fact that they end up uh, on the the landing platform and you've got basically Padme's uh, ship from episode uh, one. But it can't be the same one. for Because if I remember correctly, in Bombad Jedi, that one gets destroyed, Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Doesn't Char Char a like London, drop
0: a huge magnet on it something and it gets them completely smashed?
1: Well, she has,
0: but she's probably got more than one ship anyway.
1: I'm trying to think, her. That, I mean, that reminds me of her episode two ship. I'm trying to remember what the episode three, the episode three but, one has like wider The episode
0: wings, three ship, the one that she flies off to Mustafar in, because this must be the same time that she's in Mustafar, that's the same big winged, wide winged okay, one that you see right. at the beginning of episode two. Okay, so then this that's is her like, like later, later on
1: episode two ship. That, yeah. I guess, is, this, this is the episode
0: now. one ship that she goes to on Tatooine right at the beginning. When no, yeah, no, it's
1: it's no dude, it's the episode one. two ship that she goes with Anakin,
0: but isn't that the same one that she does on in episode one, though?
1: With like as Queen Amidala, with no, no that's a different one. Okay, I'll have to that's check. that's got like two almost like uh Naboo Starfighter engines shooting towards the back. Okay, I think if you see the, the one oh, from oh, episode I'll... one, you'll remember it.
0: Yeah, okay, cool, cool. But I'm, I'm <laughs> um,
1: but yeah. Dude, what an amazing sequence. It is not getting old for me seeing live action clone troopers, even Aww. though it's still the same like Order 66 scene. The clone like,
0: Troopers oh. and the um the Republic gun of uh, oh, the gunship. Just, the gunships are one of my favorites. The Lattes are one of my favorites. So I was like, yeah, Oh
1: my god. I think it's my favorite prequel ship. Yeah, so the fact that we got that, we got Tamora obviously doing the voice. Tomorrow Mar- Morrison yep. uh yep. Yep. amazing. Oh. So cool! Such a cool scene, um, and yeah, to say,
0: Coruscant looks amazing. Oh, dude, it looks just so cool.
1: Killing it! They are killing the
0: lights. the The sort of like fuzziness to the air just looked like perfect. The the air traffic, everything was just like on point.
1: So now I have a question for you. Yeah, we we kind of just dipped our toe in it a little bit. Padme is off on Mustafar. Mm -hmm. She has a different ship. So Mm -hmm. this clearly is not Padme's ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So whose ship is it? Whose security team is that? I don't
0: know.
1: Who... Because they're obviously Naboo
0: guards, right?
1: So... Right. So who...
0: And Queen Apollonia or whatever, she's definitely on,
1: um, on Naboo. Right. So who do we know... Oh <gasps> yeah! Oh my God! You reckon it is? Do you think this is Jar Jar's senatorial? Oh, that security team—that would
0: be, team? be kind of cool.
1: Because oh. here, here, here's why I think that's possible. Other than the fact that the obvious is that it, it ties to Ahmed Best. Exactly. That's yeah. On his ride over, he says to Grogu, "We're going to like see friends, right? Like we're meeting some friends who are going to help us." <sighs>
0: Oh my god. And then
1: when he gets there, they don't know him. They're saying, Oh, are, are you uh, Jedi Kaloran Beck or whatever? Yeah, they they, say. Did, they
0: didn't recognize him. They don't know him. Yep. So he
1: has a friend that from Naboo. That
0: working for. that and he has actually access to senatorial crafts. And right. Like, oh, dude, I've never even thought about
1: that. Dude, I think. Jar Jar Banks saved Grogu. <laughs> oh my god! If that's true, that would be make me even more happy. I think it's possible. Oh. I think it's possible. Do you reckon um,
0: we maybe might even see Jar Jar then?
1: I see. I think we could. He was not on the ship though, because Kellin uh, goes up the ramp, and he's the one that flies out. And yeah. we didn't. Yeah. We obviously didn't see Jar Jar there. Yeah, um, I don't think
0: Jar Jar would be flying any kind of starship
1: anyway. <laughs> right, and I, you know, I. Excuse me. I want to say we're going to see more of that scene, but they've been so like hush hush about how much of it they're giving us at a time. And I feel like we're only really getting one flashback per season of this Order 66 Mm. sequence. Right. Mm. So I don't know. I don't really know what to think of in terms of when we're going to get more of that. But oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm yeah. Pumped.
0: That, that whole that whole secret. oh could could I also mention the one thing that I thought Please. was kinda cool was like, you know, when they're before he actually reaches the senatorial ship, who was that whoever it is, um, they go through um and they see the, the stone, the Utunu stone or whatever it's Yes. Called. That was kind of cool. And I was like, you know, I turn around to Anne and I was like, Oh my god, look, it's the same stone that we saw last week in Andor. Oh no, that wasn't Andor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. But that was that was cool, like you know, tying that together as well. That was
1: really cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. It 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 was. Uh. <laughs> I really. They're they're getting a lot of mileage out of that. Uh. Out of that CG set. Yeah. Um. Unless it's filmed on. Uh, what is the volume? Right. Maybe I don't just actually just think
0: settings. so because there's been a couple of pictures floating on the internet the past couple of days where, um, Pen Pershing. The, he's on set with this little kid who is obviously his, you know, the actor's right. kid, right. and they're on that set, and he's like, Daddy, you know, Coruscant's real because I've been there.
1: I love that. And it's
0: a physical set. I love that. So it's kind of cool.
1: I love that that kid has the magic of Star Wars in his heart, despite seeing how the donuts get made. Right? It's awesome. That's so awesome. Alright. So we have to talk about quite a bit of stuff that did not take place on Coruscant. though. <laughs> yes. um, how'd you feel about the, uh, the beginning training sequence? Would you, th- would you think?
0: Would you know what? That? Personally, that wasn't my favorite part of the, the episode. Really? Um, okay. It, I I do like the fact that we are getting to see, see the Mando's like training and fighting and stuff like that. But it, mm-hmm. it seemed a little bit like, you know, well, here's, you know, two guys punching each other and here's a couple of guys, you know, shooting at the water and stuff like that. I think it's cool. We're getting to see their, where they're coming from, but it wasn't like my favorite part
1: of the episode without a doubt. So. Mm-hmm. But even even the Grogu, a uh, oh. you know, little, little duel that didn't do it for you?
0: That was cool. That was cool. But okay. I think the, the best thing about Grogu in that opening sequence is when he was like levitating those stones and making them slide and stuff. And then, oh my God, they weren't. It was like I was like, <laughs> sure he was using the force there. Oh, dude, that was like so hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I love that.
1: I, uh, I expected him to try to eat one, honestly.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. I was like, as soon as I saw the crabs, I was like, you know, the one that he had in his hand or whatever, I was like, oh, he's just going to suck the, the creature out of it and just like gobble it down, but he didn't. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. really like those. But the, the fact that he's like, even though he's so small, so tiny and whatever, you know, Mandalorian, Din Djarin, he's just like, yep, he's ready to start fighting. He's ready to start proving himself. Mm-hmm. Um, And I thought that was really cool. Like, you know, I, you know it basically goes back to, you know, Yoda saying like judge me by my size, do you? And you know. Th- and that's basically what what um Paz Vizla's kid always called um uh Ragnar. Ragnar. Oh yeah, which is quite interesting actually, because Ragnar is a you know reasonably typical Norwegian name. Really? Um, yes. And Kelleran, you know, Jedi Keller means the basement in, in Norwegian. <laughs> And so when when the the Jedi send uh, baby Grogu into the elevator, they're like send him down to Keller, and I was like send him down to the basement.
1: <laughs> down okay. to the basement. Yeah. that's funny. I
0: was like just <laughs> a little. I think it. You know, it's obviously just totally coincidental, but sure. it's kind of funny. Um, awesome. but yeah, so when the, when you know Ragnar is talking down to him is like you know he's obviously you know, full of himself. And I like the fact that they tie that into the creed and don't talk until you're ready to talk and stuff.
1: Like until that. Until you know. Yeah. Until you
0: know, exactly. Yeah. I thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah. That was pretty neat. And um, I do, I
0: do like that. We're getting more and more stuff about the, the creed. We're getting more stuff about um, the Mandalorians and specifically, you know, the, I like the, the fact that, you know, because um, Bo-Katan is now part of, of, um their splinter group she's being taught how to be a proper mando
1: yeah as she goes and none yeah. of them see i really expected especially paz uh because he's been almost like this like uh i mean not almost he's really been uh an antagonist for din since right. season one really and mm-hmm. you know even going into book of boba fett their encounter together yep. it's you know paz has been such a uh He's been very resistant to Din's inclusiveness and especially his authority with the uh, having the dark saber. But this episode, he was very surprisingly. um, I don't want to say docile, but definitely more respectful of them being full members of the of the coven, right?
0: Absolutely. I think it's like, you know, partly the fact that, you know, he's like, okay, they're actually going to stick to the creed. So he's got to respect that because, you know, he's, he's a good Mandalorian basically. Then he has to respect anybody who um, also respects the creed, but also the fact that, like, you know, towards the end of it, it's like, he sees that despite the fact that him and Din have this antagonism between the two of them, Din and Bo-Katan are there for his kid. And they're actually the ones that save Ragnar. So he basically gets this like newfound respect for them. Uh, yeah, it's like really absolutely. giving him a lot of depth and a new, you know, sort of a lot of a uh, character growth. And I, I, that's the one thing I love about this It's like the character growth of all of these characters, like, you know, seeing how they develop. I think it's freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, he's just kind of been this big, dumb idiot this whole time. You know, he's been obviously a very capable fighter. Yep. But, uh, you know, that really hasn't been much to him yet until, you know, this this episode where he basically throws himself into the nest to try to save his son when you know once we realize oh this is this kid is his son no wonder he is you know he, he's throwing himself and you know they made a point like eight times in the episode to be like we have to be quiet or it will kill mm-hmm. the 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 the, uh, the fountain not fouling, the youngling um we have to be quiet we have to be quiet they kept saying it uh, and then all of a sudden he was just very out of character. Yeah, But, but,
0: I, but I, I also like the fact, like, you know, a couple of times, especially when he said, you know, jumped in and said, it's my son. You know, I kind of thought, I wonder if it actually is his son or if it's just his adopted son. But of mm. course, for the Mandalorians, there is no real distinction. You know, and you could see, yeah. like, you know, at the beginning of the episode when they're doing the fights, you know, Pazvitzla is watching, and he's basically like a father in the background, like you know, making mm-hmm. sure that his son isn't like you know making mistakes or anything like that. Um, and he's got this, you know, very very obvious fathership role mm-hmm. in, um, towards Ragnar. So I, I, I think it's like really cool, and the fact that he is like so devoted to him that he jumps into this nest just to try to save his son, it's quite striking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very surprising. Uh, you know what really surprised me was, um, when I mean I'm jumping ahead quite a bit, but when yeah. Din does ultimately, um, rescue Ragnar, and you know they land on the rock near near Paz, and you know the Paz kind of pulls him closer. He doesn't. He reaches yeah. out, and then as soon as his his son touches his hand. He immediately pulls him closer to, like, embrace him. Mm-hmm. And and without, you know, he, are you okay? And the kid's I'm okay, Dad. And immediately, without missing a beat, he, he thanks him.
0: Yeah, he basically uh, puts his arm around him and there's, like, the thank you on that. Really, even though they've got, like, masks on, he can't see their faces, you know, there's a knowing look between them. Yeah. And that's, like, you know, it's kind of like with C-3PO, you know, despite him just having a mechanical face, he had so much expression in him and the same with these Mandalorians I find
1: yeah, isn't it crazy that you know these obviously these lifeless helmets, the actors, you know not just Pedro Pascal of course, but you know and and not just Katie Sakoff there are other, there are multiple actors doing stunts and doing gesture acting and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. isn't it crazy how emotive? they are with just their body language and you always know how these characters are feeling despite them wearing a helmet i'm masking sure, like their i
0: know i know anthony daniels before he played c3po he had some both stage acting in london and he also did some mime acting so he basically was very aware of the way that he used his body and you know body language is very emotive and so i'm sure these guys must have had like some kind of a coach that you know has taught them how to use their bodies their arms their chests etc just like in the way they stand to express what they're feeling because yep. otherwise i'd just be like late lifeless automatons, you know
1: yeah you know i didn't even really put two and two together that you're right it really has been since c3po right mm. um that's since the beginning star wars has always had this type of you know uh, you know, I don't want to say uh, l- like leaning on body language, but utilizing strong mm. body language uh, to uh, just deliver the character's emotions. And yeah. I mean, and look, at,
0: to, look at look Wicket. you know, Warwick Davis, he basically decided, he's like, I think I read somewhere that his dog had the whole thing with tipping his head to one side and mm. he thought, oh, I'm going to copy that for that's my awesome. character. And so that's why you get Wicked, like, you know, tipping his head to the side all the time. And that gives him so much character. It makes him like in you know, a little bit of inquisitive and stuff like that. Mm. So I think they're very aware of the fact that we're in all of this fur or these masks or you know armor or whatever, and all we've got to show what we're feeling is our body.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, speaking of helmeted heroes and, and the amazing acting that they're doing. Uh, I'd love to talk a little bit about Bo-Katan. I don't know uh, yes, what your feelings on her is. I mean, this was definitely, you know, despite being the Mandalorian, this episode was very Bo-Katan-focused. Right? Yeah, for sure.
0: uh, Certain scenes, I kind of lost track towards the end when they're fighting the big monster. I kind of lost track of where um, Din Djarin was, but I always knew where Bo-Katan was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were very deliberate with yeah. making sure she was front and center. And I I am sure a lot of that is because they're setting her up to be, uh, you know, to kind of find her spark again, right? Because so, she was such a natural leader in mm-hmm. the times that we've seen her.
0: Yeah, um, and so far in this season, like the first couple of episodes, she was so dejected, just like right. lounging around in that uh, throne room or whatever. And, yeah, you know, she, and she seems to be back into things. And, you know, she's even saying, you know, this is the way. <laughs> so that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, she jumped right in yeah. real quick. I yeah. I was surprised at that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, but even, go ahead. Sorry, was it but- season two? I think she was actually quite dismissive of the fact that they were just like, you know, zealots and an offshoot and stuff like that. And, you know, but now she seems to really, you know, be taken by them. On.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of that is, um, it's so important to really see her whole history, right? Because she started in Clone Wars, and there really wasn't a ton uh, of character there. She was really just, uh, for the most part, pre Visla's kind of, you know, second in command. Mm -hmm. And then we saw a little bit of character development once pre Visla was dead, and she splintered uh, Death Watch off and helped Obi-Wan escape and... You know, and then eventually, obviously, she was very heavily involved with the siege of Mandalore against Maul's super commandos. So good. um, So we got a little bit more of her. But then in Rebels, you know, we kind of see the whole um, beginning of the end for her, right, where she rose to leadership but did not actually earn the Darksaber. And as a result, you know, it's it's kind of believed that her reign was cursed because she... She, she was did not the really
0: earned the dark. Right. Exactly. She, yeah. She
1: was not the true Mandalore. So, you know, we saw how that played out and, you know, behind the scenes. And now she's at a point where she tried to lead. She was really it, it didn't work out. She felt, I, I imagine, like a fraud. Everyone abandoned her by the beginning of this season.
0: Mm-hmm. And now
1: we have her kind of getting her self-confidence. But how Stella got her groove back.
0: Do you you think, can you imagine a situation in which she can get the Darksaber back from the Mandalorian?
1: I, yes. What I think could happen is that uh, someone might challenge Din, uh, win the challenge, or at least somehow get the Darksaber from him, and and then she will kill the person who took it from Din.
0: That makes sense. Because... Like, because like I'd love to see her getting the dark saber back. I yeah, think that would, I, be, that would be like poetic justice. But it's just like how that comes about.
1: Yeah, I would be down with either Din or Bo, honestly, being the Mandalore. Um, mm. But I think, I think we might be seeing some hints that Din is going to help her get to that point like that's going to be one of his like purposes as a character is to cuz you know a, a, i think a strong character isn't just growing themselves it's helping it's elevating the Others people around to be them
0: who they can be exactly and i don't yeah. think he's actually interested in being the Mandalore. i think no, mainly he just wants to be a good dad to Gro- grogu
1: right but we also know that a lot of the times the people who don't want power are usually the ones who are best
0: pressed upon them.
1: But I also think that Bo is in a position now where she's kind of learning the actual value and meaning of leadership. Mm. So, you know, before she just wanted it as a birthright and now it's, she's earning it, if that makes sense. Like she Uh, she 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 took initiative.
0: I think she also realized that if she's going to be a leader, it comes with certain responsibilities that she can't shirk away from. You know, before right. I think she just wanted the power for the sake of the power. Now mm-hmm. she wants the, is, you know, the power in order to help her people.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now that she's kind of, you, you know, her her perspective is changing a lot because of a because of her her experience leading up to this point, and now being among these people who she used to think we're just, like you said, we're just these crazy religious zealots. But mm. she's seeing, you know, they kind of have their act together. <laughs> like, they like kind of know what's up. They know what they're doing. And they
0: they they live by this creed, which basically means that they have an honorable way of life and they look out for each other, so.
1: Yeah, and they truly care about Mandalore. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's kind of the family she hasn't, had her whole life that she's kind of always wanted ever since, you know, whatever happened happened when she was younger and she lost, uh, uh, her dad and Satine. And I hope Satine gets a name drop at some point.
0: Yeah. At some point she has Um, to, right.
1: But yeah, she's clearly going through a transformative arc, which I'm cool with. I know a lot of people are upset that like the Mandalorian for the last two episodes, hasn't really super been about din. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's silly, and I think yeah. there's clearly a reason we're developing these characters that are not Din. Um, I think all that stuff is going to come to fruition, probably not by well, the well, end. Of this also, season, also but- like
0: like you know, with with both this episode and the last episode, you've had like you know side stories. So it's like the flashback with with Grogu in the last episode. It was with Pershing, um, you know, the simultaneously. Um, but it's like bracketed or bookended by the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we're completely disregarding the Mandalorian. This is just like, you know, this is another story that has to be told in order to further the full story.
1: Right. And it's also important to note that her relationship with Din and even Grogu is changing with Mm. these changes, right? Like, it's not just she's having this journey and we're just focused on her. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, the way she's treating Grogu Mm -hmm. is very motherly right Right. so you know mike and i have been talking about this since uh episode two of this season that she's kind of softening up a lot to din yeah like she called him adorable in that second like she's just and there's almost this a
0: part of me that wants to see something happen between the two of them i
1: really do like i don't care yeah
0: uh, and it'd be so cool if, if it did.
1: Yeah, it's it's something that I think I brought up, uh, last week that I noticed. I was talking to, to my fiance Tina. You obviously, jazz, you know Tina. But that in case right anyone right, is listening sure. and and does not know who Tina is, Tina is my fiance, and we watch everything together. Um, so I was talking to her recently about, you know, Mandalorian is such a love letter to Star Wars, especially like. You know, George Star Wars, original Mm -hmm. trilogy, obviously tons of prequel love, and they're setting up stuff for the sequel trilogy, of course, but but like hardcore fundamental Star Wars. And what's a part of Star Wars that we have not seen in Mandalorian yet? It's a love story. Love story. Yep. So which is so
0: central to George's Star
1: Wars. Right. Exactly. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, it's so strange that they haven't even like tried to do that yet. And then the more I thought about it, it was like, oh, well, Mandalorian, a Mandalorian love story would probably be very different than, you know, a Han and Leia love story or an Anakin and Padme love. Those two love stories are very different. I, so, wonder,
0: I wonder if there's something in the Mandalorian creed that if you do have a relationship with another Mandalorian, you're allowed to remove the helmet then. Or do you have to I defend, don't know. Like, not ever kiss? Yeah. I <laughs> <And> remember. <laughs> and, heads. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, man, I I think all of this to say that you know we're we're getting Bo um re- to really growing as a character more than ever, more than Clone Wars, more than Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's super exciting to see. Yeah, especially um, with
0: episodes like this one where she's so central to the to the exposition.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited, and even in that first scene where she she reassures Grogu and also encourages him. She's like, yeah, don't worry. He believes in you. He, 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 he He's just super proud of you. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, don't kick that kid's butt too hard. <laughs> like, what a mom thing to say. Um, and then, meanwhile, there's just Din standing there as the proud dad who's just like, yeah, you're gonna do great. Go ahead. Don't worry about it. Go for it. Yeah. I know you can do it, son. And he was very like putting Grogu in the water, sink or swim kind of moment. Um...
0: How did you like the um, flying monsters at the end?
1: Uh, you mean, how do I like them coming back? Well, yeah, like,
0: basically, did did you like their, you know, physical appearance? The fact, you know, the the uh, what did you think of them in general?
1: They are terrifying looking. Yeah. like baby birds are scary, no matter what. Whether it's that galaxy or ours, baby birds are scary ugly, right? Like oh, So basically order.
0: I have had birds since I was about seven years old. And a couple okay. of times our birds have had chicks. Hmm. And they look like these ones. They're just like really lot, 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 lot smaller. I'll I'll send you a picture sometime. Um and so so that's what they reminded me of. That but they're like, you know, ugly um, of course, the birds are actually blind. These ones didn't seem to be blind, but it, they really looked similar.
1: The pterosaurs. Yeah, well.
0: Yeah, and they kind of look like, you know, pterodactyls, pterosaurs, you know, whatever. Flying reptiles as well. I like the fact that at the end, like, you know, when the, uh, when the mother one crashes down in the river,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then, you know.
1: I already know what you're going to say. Say it. <laughs>
0: There's always a bigger fish.
1: I said the same thing to <laughs> Tina while we were watching it. I said the exact same thing. Right. Uh, I thought that, I thought that
0: was perfect, and I'm sure that must be a nod.
1: Can we just agree that the coven should just stay inside the cave? Yep. Like, yep, yep. They lit. They literally said, "Oh, it always gets away. It's <laughs> we always run out of fuel." You mean this has happened before, and you're still just <laughs> chilling out here? What are we doing, guys? Yeah. Um, speaking of that uh, you know that whole, I mean, really sequence towards the end, I had a very dark realization, and I mean, I know that they said we I mean, we just even mentioned it that you know they've lost other kids to this thing
0: yeah but like
1: seeing the empty helmet in the nest that
0: was kind of freaky was
1: like oh now i'm envisioning a child being eaten alive and i don't like it
0: by these three little chicks and now they bought the three little chicks back to base right is that gonna go well or is it gonna be like you know do you you think in like you know a couple episodes time we're gonna see some of the mandos riding them
1: I, well, I think the insinuation is that, yeah, we're going to tame them and and ride them. But yeah. I'm I'm worried we could also get a Jurassic Park scenario. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, Yeah, there's there's not a lot left from the trailers that uh, we haven't seen yet. I mean, really, I, the only thing I can think of is the uh, the Mandos on Navarro. Um, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah, we haven't seen that yet.
1: So I imagine How many that's-
0: episodes do we have left now is it four? No two. No.
1: No. No. This is number that. four. Yeah, we've this got four. four. We yeah, have we've got four yeah, left. Yeah. Four episodes left. So I imagine if we go to Navarro the next episode, then everything else we're blind. The oh, of the- speaking of
0: Navarro, can we just mention the fact that this one, this episode today, was directed by Carl Weathers?
1: I was not expect. When, I was when, like, when, I when I knew that came that- up at the end, I was like, are you? kidding me i was Holy positive crap i was positive this was going to be the navarro episode for that reason yeah me too i was positive oh carwell is okay cool we're, we're gonna see uh grief cargo who is maybe my favorite character in the show he is so, so cool awesome. I,
0: <laughs> I mean the fact this. that he's got like little droids that actually like you know pick up or carry the end of his cape
1: that's like mm-hmm. so cool. It's like, oh my god. It's it's so it's so that character. Yeah. It's but so but the the
0: fact that he directed this was just like amazing. It was so yeah. cool. And so it was that I'm seeing the name Ahmed Best
1: oh, in the dude.
0: final scroll. That that just like made me so happy.
1: I this is not me just saying this because it's like oh, I was so touched by I actually cried
0: yeah, when I saw yeah, I, Best. I like, just had like tears
1: all over the place when, when it registered that it was him. I I'm getting like a little choked up now thinking mm-hmm. about it's I we already gushed about this ad nauseum at the beginning of the episode. But, dude, it's so cool having yeah, him back. Absolutely. It's so good. It's
0: so good. And it's so well deserved. But, and, and dude, he was really good with those lightsabers. I've got to oh, say, it was I've, awesome. I've done like dual wielding lightsabers a few times, <laughs> and it's not easy. And it's like you know, you gotta have like one of those female brains that can think about two different things at the same time. But he, oh my god, it was awesome. Yeah,
1: he looked great. I actually really, I watched the episode twice, and I actually. I want to go back again just to watch that entire sequence again. I was
0: wanting like, to rewatch oh. it just before this chat, but I didn't have uh, time. So I'm going to watch it afterwards.
1: Yeah. I have to so seen it
0: the one time this afternoon.
1: It reminds me of, I mean, well, I did this with um, Luke at the end of season two, Mando. Yeah. Um, but it reminds me of when I got the attack of the clones DVD and brought it home. And watched it. And then after that, I kept watching from this party's over to the end of the Yoda fight. And I did it like over all over. day. Yeah. Yep. all I just kept going back to that chapter. I think it was chapter 37, if I'm remembering correctly. I did it that often. I might be wrong. But well, I'm, I'm thinking chapter 37 in my head for some reason is where I was starting. I, I, like, I don't know how that DVD worked for as long as it did after the amount of times I watched it. But
0: can we also just give a little shout out to the puppeteers because, and the, the oh, people dude. that made the puppets? Because the fact that, like, I mean, first of all, like, Baby Yoda is looking, you know, way better than he has in seasons one and two. But yeah. And the fact that you can tell so easily between Baby Yoda and Baby Grogu, if you know what I mean, like the younger version, mm. of, he actually looks younger. He
1: looks more yeah. like, oh, he's so well sculpted. Solid. It's so dude the the craft and love and care and attention to detail in this show this this is the show that I wish I could if I could go back in time and show myself mm-hmm. anything from mm-hmm. now it would be hey baby Joe Hogan we're going to we're going to sit down we're going to watch Mandalorian uh season 1 through season 3 no. my mind would explode <laughs>
0: I can't wait for it. right now. My dad's in Austria on vacation. He's going to be there for another two or three weeks, so he hasn't mm-hmm. actually seen any of season three yet. Oh, I can't wait cool! To sit down with him and watch this when he comes back because he loves anything to do with Mando's. When I was a kid, he actually made uh, that was probably like my first like you know. You know, co- you know, homemade cosplay that I saw, he made a homemade Boba Fett costume out of like cardboard boxes and stuff That's from sweet. around the house, you know, like, you know, just basically like made it up for nothing. And it looked really good. And so he's been a, you know, Mando fan ever since.
1: That's awesome. And you've been a costuming fan ever since. And i so a you costuming are, fan, exactly. You are technically in the Clone Detachment, right? Yeah, I am in the Clone Detachment. Okay, so yeah. you're in the 501st Costuming Group Clone Detachment. You are a Clone Shock Trooper, which is what we meant earlier when Jazz was saying he was fighting Ahmed Best. It's because he cosplays a Clone Trooper Coruscant Shock Trooper. Exactly. Um, what other ones do you have?
0: Um, So I've, at the moment I've got that one, I've got the Tuscan Raider. I've also got a Stormtrooper one, but that's what the five hundred first calls retired. Um, I it could technically still be, well, I could technically still wear it, but would never be approved now because the criteria are so high now that mine would no longer actually meet those criteria. So that one is retired. Um, and I have a Jedi slash plocoon
1: Yeah, I love your your Jedi robes. Yeah,
0: my Jedi robes are pretty awesome.
1: They're, They're pretty just dope. like
0: weigh a ton, I think I think I weighed them once. This is without the Plo Koon mask, which in itself is about five pounds. But the, the Plo goat, Koon
1: mask is five pounds. Just
0: a mask is five pounds.
1: Is it because of like is the is the like the gas mask thing? Is that like a different material or is that oh, the like gas
0: mask material. and the goggles are? I think it was like bronze resin or something. So it's basically tiny, tiny particle of bronze mixed with resin and then cast
1: cool so they're
0: reasonably heavy in themselves but then the actual the actual head mask like if you look at the back of plocoon's head he's got this big almost like one huge leku kind of thing and then you've got the Mm. two bits coming down the sides they're all made of silicone so they're quite heavy too so all all together it's about two and five pounds
1: that's awesome yeah
0: but then the robes and everything like that i think if i remember correctly like 22 or 24 pounds
1: that's insane. Yes, yeah, walking around that's with those, absolutely gets,
0: after a quiet after a few hours it gets quite heavy.
1: Are you working on any uh, newer ones or? Are you no, not right now.
0: Mainly because kind of, of space. To be honest, mm, it's okay. like where to where to yeah. store them.
1: Do you have them on mannequins, or you have everything stored away?
0: No, I've got them stored away. I wish oh, okay. I could cool. have them on mannequins, but I've got like nowhere <laughs> that I could put them. Um, gotcha. So I've got a couple of the helmets on display. That's about it.
1: You'll see yeah, that in cool.
0: a few weeks time.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I, <laughs> I am so on on, you know, we mentioned before I'm going to be going to uh, Star Wars Celebration Europe. It is my first trip outside of the U.S. Jazz is going to be there. We're very pumped to uh, give him to to receive one of the world famous jazz bear hugs. Jazz <laughs> uh, gives the best hugs on in the galaxy. Um So um, we're going to be doing that. I am I am in the uh, Star Wars Celebration art show selling my print. I'm going to quickly plug it
0: called Tales of the Jedi.
1: Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much, man. Um, Uh,
0: I'm loving the the Dooku loving it, because like out of uh, Tales of the Jedi, the Dooku tales were without a doubt the best, even though I am a huge Ahsoka fan.
1: Yeah, we are big Ahsoka
0: fans. Um, I mean, I've even got an Ahsoka tattoo um, and a cat called Ahsoka. Um, but I'm the, gonna meet
1: her. I'm so you're excited. You're gonna meet her, Sokka. You're mean baby Soka.
0: She'll be uh, n- yeah. Recently had lost nine teeth. By the time you get there, she's gonna oh, go to the dentist. So, um, yeah, so the yeah. So the dentist stuff was amazing.
1: Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Well, I will. I will be in the Acme Orch Show area. If you would like to come see, it. come say hi. Please do if you're attending. Uh, even if you're not gonna buy something, just. Be like, yeah, I listen to Force Perspectives. I will make sure that you walk away with something that you don't have to pay for if you mention Force Perspectives. Um, but yeah, so, so we're doing that for a week. We're going to be in London doing a bunch of cool, fun celebration stuff. And then after that, uh, Jazz and I and a whole group of people, we have a whole little uh, entourage going to Paris for two days. And we're going Hopefully to
0: avoid the riots that are going on
1: there. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> we'll be OK. Um, but then we're going to Luxembourg to hang out with uh, another Star Wars artist, Christy, who's kind enough to host for us. So we're going to be hanging out there, checking out Luxembourg. And then we are flying to Norway to Jazz's pad and doing a bunch of really amazing fun stuff, including I think we've, we we. We have agreed that we're going to go to Fence, right? Yeah, we just like, have to
0: agree is on the plan. dates in which rooms so that I can book okay. them so they don't disappear.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So we are. anyone who is not aware, uh, Fence is actually where the uh, on-location filming for the Empire Strikes Back Hoth scenes were filmed. Yep. I am so excited to go there. <laughs> Jazz, how many times have you been there, Jazz? I've only been there
0: once it should have been twice but the first time i went there i hadn't i'd basically just checked it up on google maps and i was like okay drive there drive there take a right drive 40 miles and then you're there fair enough Mm. what google maps didn't tell you because it's like a few years ago so i don't know if they maybe hadn't updated the maps or whatever was that those last 40 or so miles were a bicycle track
1: (laughs) you literally
0: cannot get to fence by car Oh, you man. have to go there either by bike, 40 miles, or by train. So I had to turn around because I'd already actually left the house. That's crazy. Um, I was like, you know, halfway there. I was like, oh, yeah, I can't actually do this. So I had to drive back. And, <laughs> and then like a few weeks later, I went. So I've, I've been once. But this will be second time.
1: Mm, nice. I can't wait. I'm very, very, very. Excited. Um,
0: I saw some pictures from just a couple of days ago, and there was loads of snow. It was just insane.
1: Oh, cool. well, I hope it's not too much snow that it's hard to get there. But... Oh, it
0: won't be hard to get there. They've they uh, got these special trains with, like, snow plows on the front. It's kind of like um, icebreaker kind of things.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to pack, um, if I can find it, I'm not sure if I know exactly where it is, but I am going to go digging looking for it. What I would like to bring is my Action Fleet At-At uh, <laughs> from the Star Wars Micro Machines line, because that was, like, my second ever Star Wars toy. And nice. uh, so I really want to bring that to take a picture. If I can, I'm probably going to bring a Snowtrooper action figure because that was another figure that I played the hell out of as a kid. Um, but well, yeah, so I went up there.
0: I, I brought my 1981 um, Empire Strikes Back Adapt. So it's like, you know, the old action figure line. I'm um, going to brought that out. I had a couple of photo ops. Which that must have my- been difficult to pack um well it was so difficult that i couldn't actually put it in anything i had to uh, carry it under my arm which you know gave <laughs> i got a few looks on the train like oh, all of these I regions with their skis and there's me with a star wars toy
1: <laughs> i love it i love it so. you are jazz let me tell you you were the perfect perfect guest today being the biggest jar jar fan the biggest ahmed best fan the biggest star probably you guys are not getting the full extent jazz is a walking wikipedia He <laughs> really is like you 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 need to talk to him a few times to really understand the depth especially legends right like you oh, know God. your legends yeah. like back to front that man. is crazy.
0: legends and george lucas star wars they're my you know bread and butter so it's <laughs> like you know um when disney took over i did start reading the novels but i I've got to admit, the past few ones, I haven't gotten to all of them yet. But I will mm. at some point. Cool. But like, you know, all legend stuff, I've read all of them a minimum of two times because I actually read through all of them once um, chronologically in the universe and once chronologically as they were published.
1: That's awesome.
0: And then several of them I've read a lot more times than that. Let me know and I'll give you some tips on
1: which ones you should start with because there's some really good books in there all right so then almost almost done with this episode but if someone wanted to reach out to you to get your uh opinions on which books to be reading where what's the best place to reach you um best place is
0: um facebook just look for my name um and apart from that instagram i'm jedi dude jedi dot dude
1: jedi dot dude all right Mm, cool Um, and just to give people uh, a little insight to the insanity that is jazz, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what year it was. Was it 2018 or 2019 that you did a challenge that every day you were oh. going to wear a different Star Wars T-shirt? And you had more than enough. You had too many to yeah, wear. The, the, to year, the year
0: I still had a plastic bin with about 40 or 50 that oh I had gone God. through. <laughs>
1: What year was that?
0: That was 2019.
1: Okay. And did you chronicle every day? Am I remembering that correctly?
0: I did. I took a picture every day and then I basically um, put them together as a, you know, time-lapse kind of thing. So you can basically see my t-shirt change from day to day and also my facial hair growing out and disappearing, growing out and disappearing.
1: (laughs) I love that. I love you, man. I'm pretty sure it was
0: 2019, because I get those like, you know, remember this day, four years ago, and it's like, oh, it was a (laughs) t-shirt.
1: Yeah, every day you have a Facebook memory that was a t-shirt. That's beautiful. That's perfect. All right, Jazz, well, we are winding down. A question I want to know from you. Four episodes left. We know we're getting Navarro. What do you want to see this season in Mandalorian? Um... What What would... make you explode even more than Ahmed best being the Jedi that saves Grogu. What's- well, I
0: don't think anything can be, beat that. <laughs> but the one thing that like really struck me when you saw that, um, the sequence just before the flashback, you know, Grogu was for some reason, like that, the, the look on Grogu's face, I was like, he looks really upset. He looks really afraid, but mm. I was thinking, what if instead of just like making that round thing for his chest, he needs his first helmet.
1: Yeah, we got they, actually,
0: they they forge a Mando helmet with either ear holes or coverings for his ears or something. It'd be like I'd love to see him with a tiny little Mando helmet.
1: Yeah, I. The I think
0: They're already talking here about like you know right now he is but a foundling, but soon he will be an apprentice kind of thing.
1: <laughs> um, exactly. So you guys, want to see that? They're they're talking about he can't have a helmet until he he
0: speak the creed.
1: Speaks the creed.
0: Yep. So do you think we're gonna see him talk?
1: Will it be the creed? I think we're gonna get some first words. I don't think it's gonna be the creed, but I think we're finally gonna get some first words, and they're gonna be adorable. Yeah. This is the way. Oh my god! Imagine. (laughs) Imagine.
0: Yeah, I'm... I'd, I'd love to see something like that. But we'll see. Because there's only four episodes. I, you know, we already know there's going to be at least another season. Yeah. So I probably aren't going to see any helmets or anything until next season.
1: And but uh, I do Mike...
0: like, I'm so happy. I mean, we kind of knew it, but I'm so happy that he's chosen to take the, the path of the Mandalore as opposed to following Luke and becoming a Jedi and stuff like that. Because it's the fact that we've now seen a tiny little Yoda species baby becoming a Mandalore, he's still got the connection to the Force. Oh, it's this. This is. I bet you that George watched this episode today and loved it.
1: I hope so. I uh, I hope he is proud of the stuff yeah. that uh, Favreau and Feloni are doing because clearly they're respecting George's mythology and his storytelling. And, and absolutely, you know, they're they're just killing it. Um, and I think it's cool that you know we had. I'm trying to think of his name. It was the Mandal. It was the first. Mandalorian to become a Jedi who oh,
0: uh, oh god uh, um, did
1: all of the the stuff with the dark saber. Was it Tarvisla? Yes, Tarvisla. Yeah. Yeah. So we had him as like the front book, like the front bookend, and now we have a Jedi who's becoming a Mandalorian as the back bookend. Like, what a cool, weird parallel, super different characters, and mm. it, this is awesome to be seeing this story right now. um
0: yeah. Oh, well, the one thing that we didn't mention about uh Katum, by the yeah, way, do you I mean, remember it was the 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 final scene where she gets her new shoulder pauldron with the Mythosaur. Mm,
1: that, I think that right. is
0: quite indicative of where maybe not she's going but where she wants to go.
1: Yeah, that's her head is clearly still on that. Yeah. Um and Katie Sackoff, you know, I, hopefully this isn't a a future spoiler if if it is just, you know, we're we're just about Right now it's on,
0: just a speculation.
1: Yes, but Katie Sackhoff did kind of say uh, what was going on with her character when she um, was asked about why she didn't mention it to Din. Um, She did go on record saying uh, that it's not that she was trying to hide anything from him. It's that she was processing it and didn't really... Wasn't really sure how she's feeling. Was just trying to figure out, like, did that just happen? So it's not Mm -hmm. like... You know, maybe she thought that he would think she was crazy or something, but it wasn't like a malicious. I'm going to keep this from him for my own selfish uh, reasons later. Um, But now, after this episode, I feel like she really wants to go back and prove it now because uh, the armorer was just like, yeah, okay, sure. Whatever, idiot. (laughs) Um, Oh, you saw the Mendelssoir. Great. Okay, cool. Anyway, so here's your shoulder pad. Um, Yeah, it's it's. I think that's kind of an obvious window on where her head is and where she's probably going to want to go. And it's I think it's a matter of time before everyone returns to Mandalore and she knows what's going to be down there when they go. Exactly.
0: I mean, you know, the fact that they now know that the air is breathable means that they can go back and retake their homeworld.
1: Sure. Sure. Oh, man. Well, listen, I I think we did it in the words of Michael. I think we did it. I think we did it. Uh, Jazz. Thank you so much, man. This was my first time. I've been on so many podcasts over the years. This was actually my first time ever hosting one. So, and
0: you did a terrific job, sir. Ah,
1: thank you, buddy. Uh, thank you for being my guinea pig. <laughs> um, I had, dude. I had a great time. I had a, yeah, I
0: had an amazing time. I thought that I'd need to rewatch the episode in order to be able to have a couple of words to say. But you know what? There's so much to be said after just watching once. So, yeah, this is. Definitely the best one so far in this season and possibly my favorite one so
1: far at all. Ever? Possibly. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Definitely. It's, it's definitely
0: my top three. So my top three are basically okay. this one, um, Luke, and yeah. um uh Cobb Vanth.
1: Oh, cool. I love okay. yeah, I
0: love the Cobb Vanth
1: episode. So, Cobb Vanth. so can we count <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett episode where he gets the N one. I know that's cheating, but I think that one's in my top. That is
0: really, really yeah. When he <laughs> got the N one that kinda of freaked me out a little bit.
1: Yeah, that was uh pretty stellar. Um well, okay, awesome. So uh Jedi dot dude was that I'm sorry, was that your yep, Twitter or was it, that...
0: yeah. um that's Instagram.
1: Instagram, okay, great. Uh, yeah, and... I'm not on
0: Twitter. Yeah, I'm pretty much on Jedi dot dude on everything.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. Including and... Facebook actually, yeah. So
1: Oh, okay. So you should be yes. easy enough to find Exactly. All right, awesome. Well, next week, uh, Chapter 5. I'm not sure what the name of that episode is. Oh, i um, actually checked. But Mike will be back. I will be back. We will be discussing it. It will be my last week on the show because, like I said, uh, the the next three weeks all the way up until the finale, I am going to be... Gallivanting with jazz all over Europe. And, you know, so many other amazing Star Wars artists are going to be with us. And my lovely fiance, Tina, is going to be with us. And I am so excited to do that. Uh, but you guys are stuck with me for one more week before Mike has to figure out who he is going to be.
0: We'll uh, just uh, have to have, uh, like, you know, a couple of uh, Mando chats while we're together on trains in France and Germany and Luxembourg and wherever we're going.
1: We are definitely going to be able to uh, <laughs> make that happen. We're going to be talking oh, yes. Star Wars for three straight weeks. Hell yeah! Awesome. Well, Jazz, thank you again so much. Uh, thank you guys for listening and tuning thank in. Thank you for and, having me. Of course, dude. Of course, you're amazing. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys next time. This is the way. Thank you for listening to Thunderquack Force Perspectives. Our opening theme is composed for us by Christy Carew. Follow Force Perspectives on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ForcePOV and join us on Discord at Thunderquack.com Discord. Support the show by visiting us at Patreon.com Thunderquack to get early access to episodes, leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast service, or buy merch at store.thunderquack.com. Force Perspectives is a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network.